Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. I was overwhelmed searching for a solution, driving from office to office, seeing multiple dentists, but none of them had verifiable experience or a clear solution. With Dr. Golpa's procedure, bone loss was not an issue. No months wearing a temporary denture and no pain. Dr. Golpa is more than a dentist. He is an artist. Isn't it time you joined the thousands of happy patients who've come from all around the world and in just 24 hours had their lives changed forever? Go to yourteeth.com for more information. That's yourteeth.com. Don't suffer another day. Yeah, you want to hear it? Here it go. We're just going to get it started. I think this is the fourth episode. Is this four or three? I'm starting already. Born in Trouble. We know it's season three at least. This is the fourth episode. Holla, Born in Trouble. How y'all doing today? We do not own the rights to this music. So eventually maybe it might come out. But Born in Trouble, third or fourth episode of the year. I guess I could figure it out. One, two. This is the third episode of the year. Fourth episode of the year. I'm your host, John X. <laughs> praise me, praise me. Yes. Welcoming my two illustrious guests in this this evening. From the A, Mr. Dub K, because that rhymes all the way. Mr. Gene Hopkins. Give me my Jay-Z. Cheer. Cheer. <laughs> How to play, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and from Detroit, the land of the Gators and the chicken, Mr. Grant Lancaster. Chicken wings. Chicken wings. Yeah. Nothing but shenanigans tonight, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all craziness. So, I'm just going to start the show off in a more traditional way and just relate the story of what happened to me today at BJ's, which let me know that today was going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. I went out, did my running around like I normally do, head back around to BJ's to pick up a couple of items. Fiji water, the best water on earth. Y'all get a free commercial because your water is so tasty. It's just yeah, tasty. They got, the factory, they got the factory right there in Cleveland. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> if that's the case, then I'm moving to Cleveland. I moved to Cleveland. But anyway... I go to get online at the self-checkout, and I'm standing here just as plain as day. And this old white guy probably has a collection of Trump hats, just decided to just walk right in front of me and just steal my spot in the line. Now, normally, I am not the one you normally would do that to. I don't care how old you are. If you're an older person... If I see you struggling, more likely than not, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to say, hey, would you like to do your groceries before mine? He only had a case of beer. That's how you know he's a Trumper. He only had a case of beer. In BJ's. In BJ's, yo. But 
Today I said nothing. I called my lady. She was on her way into the store. And I watched as he went up there, and he went to go try to check out his case of beer. And the machine malfunctioned. Yes, the checkout malfunctioned right in front of my very eyes as he had put his card in, caused a whole bunch of ruckus, had to get people over there to his thing. And here comes walking into the store, and I say to her at the top of my lungs while she's about 10 minutes away, Hey, that guy tried to cut me. And now, <laughs> look at him. God is good. God is good. Yes, I praised him. All the time. I praised him openly in BJ's. If I was there, I would have been saying, won't he do it? Won't he do it? That's right. Praise him. Praise him. Now, some of you people might be thinking that that's a little bit off base, but don't worry about it. So I left the store, big smile on my face as he was still checking his items out. And that just lets you know that God, karma, the world was out there in my favor today. And I didn't say anything which is so out of character. Right. I thought you said uh, something about Jesus where everybody can hear it. I did. I said it out loud. I said, God is good. I said, Jesus took care of it. I said, Jesus took care of it for me. Did they start laughing? Nobody laughed because you know what? There was a squinty-faced woman who was working at BJ's, and she saw when he did what he did, and I looked at her, and I could just tell. She was like, yep. She was just like, yep, it's okay. It's okay that he did that to you. It's all right. So I made sure I said it again in front of her. I said, Jesus is good. He handles it for me. He handled it for me. The irony. May he enjoy his case of Heineken Light by his damn self. Because that's what it looked like. He was by his damn self. And you wonder why, you know, hopefully I won't be that guy. Well, I know I won't be that guy because I won't be ordering beer. I won't be buying beer. So how was you guys there? And remember, just remember, sometimes it's okay not to say anything. The universe will take care of it for you. I believe in that universal law. I went to the doctor today. Did you? He was all thumbs, too. I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> there was no small number. Now I went to the doctor, uh, and uh, he basically said, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> that. Me. No, I hate going to the doctor, man, but I needed to go. And he was a cool brother. He was really fit, man. And he was like, I want to say, man, he could have been older than 60, and I wouldn't even know it. You know, I'm guessing 60 because I know he was up there, but 
man, he was really fit. I said, man, I want to grow like, I want to be just like you when I grow up. Man. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Because he, all he eat is raw carrots and spinach, probably. <laughs> Maybe it was Popeye. We've discovered some people look for Elvis. You discovered Popeye. And it wouldn't be surprising if Popeye was black. Another thing that was culturally appropriated from our people. Popeye. Yo, I just watched some Popeye episodes the other night, man, with the three little kids. That shit is silly, man. I'm oh, talking about the way they do Popeye and Popeye. Yeah, whoever, uh, the voice for that, the voice for all the books, Looney Tune cartoons and stuff, I forget the man's name. No block. Man, that no dude is... That dude is a legend. Yeah, Period. Yeah. You know, that dude's a legend. Well, he's a legend that that is dying away with our generation because you can't watch the Looney Tunes anymore. You can't watch a lot of those cartoons. They've been censored away. I mean, do you think it's better to censor that or to have it on TV and get to explain it to your kids that this is exactly how things used to be? It's like Archie Bunker. I guess people who are in pain can't find comedy out of anything sensitive, you know? If you're in pain, especially from that sensitive area. I guess I find all that stuff humorous for different reasons, probably similar to Grant. I find it humorous is because we still sleep to that anyway. It's almost funny because we sleep to it, you know, to some of the the little innuendos and implications, the sensitive things that both uh, Archie Bunker and shit, any of that shit that was made back then made, you know? I love Lucy. I saw a special about that, and the writers was trying to put all type of stereotypical, uh, and they called it Spanish shit instead of Latin shit, you know, in there, and... and, uh, All that, man, you know, So, but I, I think if you're in pain and you're angry, then, yeah, you're going to scream and shout, get that shit out of there and cancel it and this and that. Or if you're fronting about something, which is basically being political. You know, you'll say get out of that. But for me, man, I can see the brilliance and the talent. I look at the talent when I watch shows, hear songs, Bands play. I'm listening. I might not like the genre, but if there's some talent being displayed, shit, man, that's human talent. Grant, you you want to say something, Grant? Or no, I was just gonna say. I I think most of the time, the people that's that's talking shit about what they talking shit about Mm -hmm. be be on the front side of the game. I don't. I don't think they be. You know, like it, it, it. As a white person, if somebody says somebody calls somebody else a nigga, as a white person, you should not be more offended than I am. Mm. To me, I got you. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah. You, you kind of, yeah. You, you overplaying it if you're more offended. Right. Exactly. Well, I have a, I have an interesting example this week. There was a protest that was online um, because of the fact that. Have you heard about the Emmett Till opera? Did you guys hear about yeah. that? Yeah. Okay, so. There was a petition that was put out to stop the opera because they were trying to uh, say that it's white splaining to a certain extent that it was written by a white person. So that perspective shouldn't be shown or shouldn't be put out there. And I actually ended up watching a reporter on this. It was on the local news because it's something that's happening here in New York. And the woman who wrote the play is an 85 year old white woman who was involved in the civil rights movement. 
back in the 60s. So this is someone who, if anybody, if anything, she has a perspective on that because she lived it. And now, and now the, and now, well, listen, she's 85 years old. She's not, and I saw this woman. This is a true 85 year old woman. She may be gone soon. She may be gone soon. So this is her chance to basically put her work out there. And she's allied with a 83 year old black woman who helped her to put the play on and put it all together. So it's like, it's a co-production. With the two of them. And a lot of people feel like that shouldn't be shown. That perspective isn't allowed to be shown. Do you think that that's right? That they would try to attempt to cancel this story about Emmett Till before it even opened? You know, it's been running for two days now. Yeah, but it's at a certain school, isn't it? It's, at, it's somewhere in New York City at a at a, um, a house or something like that, but they're doing no, a production. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But even so, you know, my point is that the story of Emmett Till is like a story that these are stories that generations are going to forget if we don't get new talent, new perspectives on it. And that's a perspective of someone who was actually there. Why would you want to stop that from being put forth? I didn't really understand it. Well, an interesting fact, of course, is that uh, Emmett Till is one of the known ones. And and there are so many unknown ones that you shouldn't even be offended a little bit for, you know. So I think if it's done under that, if they're pushing that point, like, look, we have an opportunity to just show one, but we know for a fact that this has happened. Uh, th- this was the one that was publicized, you know? Yeah, that wasn't... Uh, that's a good point, and that's a valid position, but the position of the person... I actually watched the student, the young woman, who started the petition online, and her reason was basically it boiled down to she viewed the opera as being white-splaining. But it kind of... It's like, to me... It, it feels as if, well, you know, maybe it is white explaining, maybe, but you know, we don't know until we actually see it. That's one no, thing. And, and the second thing is that if you're talking about, but if you no, but if you're talking, but you're talking about a woman who's she's eight, she's in her eighties right now, and she was active in the civil rights movement in the sixties, actually down there. Now. One thing that we forget about the civil rights movement of, ni- of the 1960s is that there were a lot of white people that died because they were driving black people to voting centers and they were organizing drives and organizing political parties and organizing unions. So this is an experience that she went through when she actually lived and she survived and she's out on the other side. Then on the way out the door, she wants to put that perspective out there. Don't you think we could use more of those stories? Does it really matter? Is basically my point that it came from a white woman? You know, if it helps if it helps people who never knew about it understand it and that and that changes something, then maybe. But otherwise, man, twelve years of slave, this, that, and everything else. I don't need to watch no sad motherfucking reenactment of some shit that I already know is fucked up, you know, but that's just me. So I don't know if it's good. I mean, I guess it's good for those who are good for it. So I I, I think, uh, so some years back, there was this movie called Vantage Point. I didn't think it was a very good movie, but the concept was cold. It was, uh, it was like some terrorist shit. 
and it was like four people from different sides of, you know what I mean, from different perspectives that yeah. all had a story. I saw that. You know what I'm and the concept of the movie was cold as shit, but, the, you know, I, I didn't feel like they executed it very well. But to that end, everybody has a perspective. You see what I'm saying? Now, should her perspective be put out there? Yeah, I think it should be put out there. But I, I also don't think it should be necessarily taken as the gospel. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think anybody's perspective necessarily should be taken as the gospel. I don't think anyone would. I don't think anyone would. Right. I, I, well, I agree with that, but you never know. It's a, it's a New York City place, so it's like it's pretty expensive. I'm pretty sure. Oh right. yeah, yeah. So so here we go. There's there's profits being made off of a disastrous history of some type. And just who are the profits going to? That's all I want to know. And then that that tells me whether or not, uh, you know, I say, you know, I would have to, I would have to look that up. And I think that that's a valid point as well. I think that's a valid point as well. But I don't think that that's the issue. I think the only issue was that it was written by a white person. And it kind of, it kind of like we talked about art artists, and you said something earlier about arts artists like doing do, different roles and things of that nature. Or like wearing different hats and everything and different perspectives. And someone came out this week and they were like, yeah, listen, Andrew Garfield was the guy. I saw the quote real quick. He was like, you know, if we're going to start, that's what acting is. Acting is playing different people in different roles. So are we going to stop all different people from doing that? And it kind of cuts both ways. Because, for example, we all know that Sam Jackson right now is Nick Fury. But in a comic book, he was, he was white as the motherfucker. Right. But Sam Jackson is Nick Fury. So are we going to start, are, are we really going to keep nitpicking these different things, especially the arts? Who's supposed to tell you how you identify unless you're swimming? If you're swimming, then I guess you can identify as anything. Right. You know? Yeah. If you want to win, I got to tell you what, I don't know what, what that... What country was that in? Only if you're a white boy swimmer. Well... What country was that in? That's in the U.S. With the swimmer? I'm, I'm sorry, what state? The swimming? What state was that event that he broke, that he shattered all the records and shit? I think that was the Nationals or something, Collegiate Nationals. I don't know. He, He's the... Oh, he, collegiate sport. Yeah. Or what? I don't know. I don't know how he, um, how that, how he identifies, or how that Morgan. person. Well, you got, yeah, you, you got know. to identify as, as a female. Yeah. So or, she. Or, I mean, I don't. she. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> Yo, you know, like they, there's there's been this little viral thing going around with this white dude is on Dr. Phil or something talking. You know, saying we don't get to pick our pronouns. And we don't get to pay oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Not, uh, even though he's saying that, after listening to the science behind it, uh, that's the only thing I'll say to that is that uh, we don't get to pick our pronouns because only two are, uh, there's only two available. But according to the science, there's more combinations than two. Okay. Why X Y Y whatever the different the different crazy stuff they see in what as high as what nine uh, percent? There's some variation. 
like it's really common or even higher or something. I don't know. But so you can say that against the argument that the two classifications are bad. But since we have the two classifications until there are more lanes, if you would, how is it right to force, you know, biological women you know the limited so to speak right people who are born biologically women have a transgender Olympics you know that's the only way you can really have it be fair you have to get more people competing it transcends this transcends your identity if you want to identify as something or you want to go out in the streets, that's something different. But when you're trying to, you're competing with people in a sport, that's a whole other level. You don't want to be, separate things, but they are actually separate. They're two different things. One is a competition. Yeah. I like the Dave Chappelle, LeBron James example, too. He said... <laughs> He said, you know, let's just say LeBron, you know, wanted to cross over, uh, be a woman. I'm paraphrasing. He said, what are we supposed to say? Nothing when he scores 850 points a game? (laughs) 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 And I'm messing it up, but I'm telling you, man, he said some shit like that. It was hilarious, man. (laughs) Right. People would be upset with that. They would see it as it's not really a personal thing. I mean, he really wanted to win badly. Yeah, it's a no. You know what, man? It's a, it, it's like, look, man. Uh, where, where, where exactly? I guess there is no line anymore because it doesn't even make sense for someone. Who, oh, and then they had a comparison. Uh, the lady that I just told you about. I don't want to mess up her name, so I'm gonna look at it. They had a, another swimmer that they thought had too much testosterone for a woman, I think, is, oh, yeah. is, is what it is. She, Of course, she was a black woman out of South Africa. And then I think she was banned from the Olympics or something. But I don't know if there are other specifics that, you know, kind of debunk that. So I haven't really read it that much, but I did see a glimpse of it. And, you know, but now I guess it's a false title. It should be showing how shit has changed from then to now. Supposedly, and what the circumstances are around the change, but it's kind of comparing it to. But the Olympics ain't the same stage that this uh, dude just, uh, uh, this white trans just won on this stage. I I, I just think that what they what they're doing is they're making it unfair. They're making it unfair for women who compete in sports. They're making it unfair. If any man can biologically go and change and be able to compete in the sport as a woman he's always that person who trans who changed over is always going to have a physical advantage like i consider myself to be an ally but i'm just not with you on this one i can't i got a solution man i'm telling you i got a solution what's that they should weigh out like the percentage of uh, the difference in strength in all of my individual case bases, right? They should weigh out the difference, right? And then make an acceptable, according to the difference, an acceptable adjustment. Like the average, the average person, no, I'm saying the average adjustment 
would be like they had to cut like the right Achilles. You know what I'm saying? It comes like <laughs> Wait for the You can compete with them now. You know what I'm saying? This dude right here, if it's a shot book or something like that, you might have to get, you know, hang from some yank machine and get this, your arm dislocated 10 times back to back. You know what I'm saying? You got to now you can compete. What the women shop with? I yeah, mean, like that can make this work. Man. Yeah, but what, once you once you open up, once you open this up, you you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so if you open it up to where a trans can, I say that I identify as a woman and I can use a woman's bathroom, and then I can I can say whatever and identify as anything and get the benefits of being whatever I decide I'm going to identify as. You can't shut it down when it comes to sports. You know what I mean? You got you getting what you asked for. If this is the road that you want to go down, and it's always good at, at the inception. You see what I'm saying? Because nobody's looking at the consequences for 10, 15 years down the line. You know, but now, now that they open that door, and now, you know, there's there's a demand for, you know, rights being a transgender. And they want to compete in sports and they want to do whatever. So they people. They got the right to compete. You can't stop them from competing. Now, if you're going to make some other shit for them, that's one thing. But if you let this person identify as a woman and the only, he got to compete in women's sports or she has to compete in women's sports, then you got to just let that be what it is. Well, I have to say that creating a Special Olympics for transgender people or a Special Olympics version for transgender people, that probably, that alone, it already, I already see people, like, coming. I'm, I'm probably going to have to edit all of this out. <laughs> what's, the, what's the percentage of transgender people yeah. in the world? You see what I'm saying? Because, like, so, yeah, like... You might in, say something like... Twelve percent or some shit. Right. But like, in, like, in, like in the Ukraine, right? In the Ukraine, in the Ukraine, if you identify as a woman, they wouldn't let. They ain't letting you get out the country. You got. You got to stand and fight because just because you identify as a woman, it's wartime, motherfucker. We ain't identifying. Oh, yeah. We ain't going for the old yeah, flat split. It's right. It's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. We're not going for the shin splits. Yeah. Grab a gun. <laughs> so I mean, I'm saying, you know, these things are. It's fluid. You know what I mean? They, there is. There is no no right or wrong. I mean, do I think it's bogus that? This former dude is competing against these women and beating the snot out of them. Yeah, I think it's unfair, but at the same time, I also don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, that's always yeah. what it. Unless I lost money on it. Right, exactly. Y'all, y'all know my stance. Let me tell you. Y'all know my stance. If she's, if she's racing, if she's racing and you bet on and you're betting the win and you bet on anyone else, you deserve to lose your money. <laughs> that's what it is. I don't know. If you lose money, you should. Hold on. If, if he changed her, his name to Helga or some shit like that, you might just think, oh, this somebody made it the last minute. You don't even know who this is. Till he just does pass everybody and everything. And he's like, oh, the bio said, oh, hell no, he's the hell. 
these scenarios, they're not working. <laughs> they're not working. Like I said, this is this Yeah, this is this is extreme. Yeah, let me tell you something. This is extremely funny, but extremely inappropriate. So I would say I'm pretty much like what I'm gonna do is what we're gonna do. Chappelle can make money off of it, but we can't. No, we can't. No, man. They, listen, man. Listen, I, I stand in my truth. I don't give a fuck. Oh, well, you, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you, bro. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> proud of you, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I see a very liberal chop coming to this one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, let it ride, son. Let it ride. You have a keep the material in a vault. There is going to be, listen. This I'm gonna I'm going to say this because this part is not I'm just gonna say we're gonna change the subject from this point on. And I want this to make it onto the show. But let me just tell you, when I die, you know how people say delete your brow delete my browser history <laughs> and everything. Right. There's going to be a treasure trove of stuff, and it's probably going to reach both of you guys. It's going to reach both of you in the mail, and it's going to be like, what was that movie with uh, Sam Jackson? He's made the show twice today. Wait, Glass and everything. When they put it out there in the world, after he was dead, after I'm gone, all the inappropriate stuff, so that way they can line up and spit on my grave. So you mean to tell me, right, we can sit here and endure the decades and decades long of shit that was done to black people and stuff, and we've seen it and everything else, and, and laugh about it and everything else, but we have to we have to size up when it comes to uh, putting it on somebody else just just, just being oppressed like us. Basically, basically, <laughs> basically, yeah. It doesn't make sense. It really no no, but it, it really doesn't. I'm sorry, what do they call it? Subjugated? What they, what, what, what's their word for it? Uh, they're being um. They're being they clowned. Clown. Being a clown. That's all. No, I'm talking about all motherfuckers <laughs> is doing is making jokes. Yeah. Nobody really give a fuck. Oh yeah, I mean that's a, that's how I'm firing jokes like you know. I, I, I guess it would be hard to be that, but let me tell you something. I know something about being hard to be something. So you know, right. yo, I mean, I start right. crying for you. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm gonna start crying for me. We have this. We got this universal mind thing going on today, and it started at the line at BJ's when I said Jesus got that one. He got he got me on that one. That's good. And everything. That's good. But we got this universal mind thing going on here. Because I thought that exact same thought today. It's like while I'm watching this thing, I'm like, these people, they make you apologize or not be able to talk about shit. Like their pain is so deep. It's so it's so heavy you can't oh my god, how dare you say something to me? And in the meantime, they've been calling this nigga forever. They've been disrespecting. They've been disrespecting motherfuckers. Like you know, as I'm watching, as I'm watching, Judge Brown, soon to be Supreme Court Justice Judge Brown, and I wasn't watching the whole thing. As a matter of fact, I just heard about it, but. I just heard about it and started watching. I saw Cory Booker last night when I walked upstairs. Unfortunately, he was on the television when I went upstairs to go to bed late at night. 
So I ended up he's he's captivating. So unfortunately I ended up watching that for the next forty minutes. So congratulations. You got me, Corey Brooker. I'm a little bit tired today and I should actually thank you because I walked on faith in BJ's instead of getting mad because it might have been because I was a little bit tired. And Jesus got me on that guy. It, so it's worth going back and watching, huh? He spit some fire. Yeah, it, it depends. He spits. He was talking about. He was defending her. He was like, "Listen, right. sister." Yeah, but he did it. Yeah, he fire. said. He said basically the synopsis was, or the whole thing was, sister. I saw you how you handled yourself all day long today, and these men, these white men, just made fools of themselves all day long. And I apologize that you had to sit through that. You're extremely accomplished. You deserve to be here. You deserve this. You're better qualified than most of these people. We know it's all some bullshit that they putting you through. And the way that they went about doing it was so asinine. It was as if you were I. Like as it's like as if I was nominated for the Supreme Court. Right? That's the way they treated her. You're supposed to treat yeah, me that way. You have to have a You're supposed to treat me that way. A hat. You need to. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a bulletproof mask and everything else. Yo, they. Yeah, but they treated. But they were some of the the dumbest things. Like I'm watching this guy, and she said, in in regards to the COVID. And um, letting prisoners out. This guy was a murderer or something. Made an argument that he wanted to get out of jail because of COVID when it first started. And she, in her opinion, mentioned everything that he said. And then two lines later, she went and said, but that shit don't make no sense in your case. The judge, the, the senator read everything up until that point where she was making an example of it. And then said, how do you feel that way? And she goes, well, if you just read the next two sentences, then the answer is right there for you. So you're just basically like wasting everybody's time and you're just being a fool. And like it was grandstanding, Ted Cruz, you know, Ted Cruz had to talk about um, he had to talk about uh, child pornography and everything. And that's the first sign that probably lets you know that Ted Cruz in the future is going to come out that he's some type of or he's like sleeping with one of his daughters, 16, 15, 17. That's why he's going off to Mexico because he can do things in Mexico he can't do in Texas. Because usually if they accuse you of it or they're tight about it, it's because they're covering something up. So so my man shared something that was going around that gave some stats. I didn't look the stats up. So I'm just, if they are true, we'll say if they are true, let's discuss. But he said that uh, out of 115 confirmed to the Supreme Court, 40 of them were never a judge before being put on the SCOTUS. 18 of them never completed law school and 47 of them never even attended. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. What's the room again? Uh, 1240, down at the end. Ooh, what's that? Sammy, don't touch that. That's someone's old food. Here we are. 
you have the key? You have both of ours. Oh, right. Not working. Rub it. Come on. Try flipping it over. Seriously. Why can't we go inside? I'm tired. Give me yours. You have mine. All right. What? Please, if you Dad, could just... Why aren't you opening the Can everyone just shut the... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com. Law school. Meanwhile, Judge Jackson went to Harvard Law School, was an editor of the Harvard Law Review, has been a judge for nine years, was a criminal defense lawyer... And she had three federal uh, clerkships, including clerking for the SCOTUS. It's amazing that dozens of the white men on SCOTUS don't even have a law degree. Nobody asked about their qualifications and nobody questioned their rulings or judgment. Mm-hmm. So then it goes on for its own opinion. But I thought if those numbers are true, that's kind of crazy. I know a lot of it probably was early on. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not into politics enough to know how recent placement of a SCOTUS that ha- didn't have, you know, uh, law degree. A law degree. Let me ask this. Knowing what we know, if insanity, if the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Why do we continue to expect the same treatment in this system as in, in this in this Caucasian dominated system? Why do we expect to get the same treatment as the people who are dominant in the system? We don't. I don't. So so one of the one of the questions that they asked the sister was to define a woman straight off of that straight off of that Jerry Springer clip or whatever that was. They asked her, what is a woman? Right? I mean, what the what the fuck are you You're looking at you? Yeah. I, but I'm saying my guy. Come on, man. Like, I mean, for real, I mean, somebody, somebody should, somebody should have slapped the motors out of his mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 it like, why, why you ask, why you asking asinine questions about shit that don't even mean nothing? The whole point of this whole, this whole shit is just a charade, man. It's all just a charade. It's all just something. It's the, it's drama. This is uh, real judges of Washington D.C. Just mm. like real housewives. Atlanta, still judges of, of Washington. Yeah, because look at old boy's wife. This shit is all just drama. Look at Clarence wife and the shit that she's in. Clarence wife. You uh, might be right, Greg. You might be great. Clarence this, wife. This is an old episode, you know. She was uh, yeah. talking with them folks about the January 6th shit. She was uh, all up in the mix. And they, they have her... Uh, right. They have her... Yeah, the, the, the heist was going on. They had her expressing it, but it was the Biden heist. She was saying, we, we can't let the Biden heist happen. This is the biggest heist in American history. It's crazy. And she's the wife of the, she's the wife of a, of a SCOTUS. Someone on the That's Supreme right. Court. That's what I'm saying. Grant might be right. Well, I think it's more like I would add the senators to that. Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, in, in 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 terms of the drama, you know, like they're still they're still fighting the election in Wisconsin, right? They're still fighting the election that happened two years ago. Like, what the fuck, man? 
Come on, Doc. Come on, man. And we waste time, money. You know what I'm saying? U- Ukraine just, they just gave the Ukraine, what, 13, they're giving the Ukraine $13 billion or $13 trillion, whatever insane number they're giving them for whatever, for the, for the war efforts or whatever. Uh, Hampton University is taking Ukrainian students for free. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everything is just fucking bananas. 100,000 Ukrainians are coming to the U.S. Nobody's screaming, close the borders right now. Close the borders. And Hampton is putting their ass up. (laughs) Yeah, Hampton's putting them up. Hampton is taking taking like 100 of them. They get to go to school school free for the summer. They get Uh free school for the summer. And then they get to pay the, the regular rate. In uh in in the fall if they decide to stay. Y'all seen White Chicks, right? Y'all seen the movie White Chicks? Yeah, yeah. Remember at, remember at the end when uh, old boy was laying there and they revealed that they was uh two black dudes. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like, like, get these jigaboos out my face. So something like that. Y'all remember that? Part? Y'all remember that part right there? That's yeah. what they did to the Haitians when the Haitians right. needed them same scholarships. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he said, somebody get these jigaboos out my face. <laughs> right. Where the Ukrainians at? See, but that I goes know, back damn, to damn the Haitians. I'm, talk, I'm talking about the ones from some niggas from Virginia. Yeah, you know what I'm saying where Hampton is. I mean, they can't. They ain't getting no free shit. I mean, what the fuck? Man? Well, that goes back to Ryan Coogler. No matter what happens to black people in America, there's always a segment of black people that want to APs and want to be approved of big time. You know, so when the Haitian refugees, you could have they could have made the same offer. There wasn't even um, there, there probably wasn't even that many of them. You mean to tell me you can't offer up to put a thousand Haitian students up? You're not questioning their education, their schools, or anything. You're not doing that with the Ukrainian people that are coming over that want to be students. How are they going to get transcripts on a building that's been bombed? You can't. Right? Right. Right. So it's this appeasement and this whole thing. Ryan Coogler goes, take out money from the bank. I'm still mad. Those who take out money from the bank, and black people have them arrested. Ukrainians are now being shipped over to the United States of America, and a black university opens up its doors and makes it possible for them to stay and educate. And they won't do that, like you said, for how about some brothers in Virginia? How about some brothers that are around the school from those neighborhoods? Why don't you take a thousand of them in? Give them the same offer. Let them come for the summer. Let them come for the summer. This is the thing that they have done for them. Uh You know, paying for a day programs or uh, this or that or whatever. Or whatever they've been doing, they'll give you a list of of some historical things that they've done for them and everything else. But here's the thing. So what? The, The need is tenfold now. So mm-hmm. instead of that tenfold need, you're going to take some of those resources 
and put them over there. Why? What are you doing? I mean, you're just trying to teach us. Are you saying that we're poisoning ourselves to be, you know, we want to set the example uh, and be the leader in, you know, how to provide or how to administer humanity uh, and who to administer and where the suffering is? And it's, no, man, you own this bullshit because this is the goddamn flavor of the day. And what that does is that says a lot about who's really running things or, or it says a lot about as to whether or not there's real effective change going on by doing that type of program instead of the other type of program. Let me pick that up and finish. It really says a lot about who you fucking are. Who you are Because you would rather That's actually It's actually a great idea To allow students To come to your school For a summer semester To go and take these courses For free And then if they want to Continue in the fall they go back at full freight But why not Why not make that opportunity available To some inner city kids Why not do that on a regular basis There's nothing wrong with Hampton University Going out and being um, Philanthropic But damn Why can't you come up with these solutions To help your own community When nobody's watching When nobody's fucking watching If you do something when nobody's watching Eventually, somebody will see it. Colin Kaepernick is the best example of that. He was kneeling for three games, I think, or two games. And the third game, they asked him, hey, why are you kneeling? Do something positive for your community one time. And if nobody notices it, then at least you did a good fucking thing. You will impact the lives of those people that come and take those courses. You better believe that. But you won't do that. You'll say, oh, it's problems with other things, problems with inner cities, problem with this. Because you know there's no grant money for that. You know, we're trying to fucking, we're in the situation where we're trying to fix things and trying to fix the world. Why not come up with a solution like that? Is that something that's too radical for your trustees boards? Too radical for the trustees? They don't want to put money in that direction. They want to put money in a different direction. You know, Grant, you were right about me today. I am still fucking all. I am still fucking rogue, anti everything. I will still tell you fucking everything. I don't care. But he, so here's the thing, though. You, what you gotta, what you gotta know is, you know, the, the political game. The political game is they're gonna get something for bringing these Ukrainian students over. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they're, there's, there's some incentive. There's some incentive behind that. Something yeah. for them. And, yeah, right. Something for something for Hampton. They're not just doing that shit. And they, I mean, this is clearly my opinion. They, well, why they wouldn't they say that? that? I hope so. I mean, they, I really hope so. Yeah. And I hope whatever saying, it is that they get is, benefits the other black people, other black kids in a black community that man, are struggling. I got a hardcore dude, man, who calls all of them. They, he calls it the. I forget the word. It, it, it some has the word has bougie in it. But he calls them a like uh Beaujolais? Yeah, the black Beaujolais. That's <laughs> <laughs> what he calls the black and he start and he starts going in on them. And I'm talking about he he's from a uh HBCU. I, I, actually he's a from what I understand, he, he I won't say the fraternity, but he's in a fraternity. 
Mm. And and then, you know, he doesn't post a, a whole lot of stuff on that. He actually kind of speaks against it because he's on the real, like, kind of hardcore black Israelite type vibe. But not without the uniform and stuff. I mean, just... Uh, He's on some hardcore revelation, you know, is about how black people basically going to be the chosen people who will take over the world again and how white people will be decimated. <laughs> he's on some crazy shit, but man, I'm going to tell you something. He goes hard against the, uh, uh, those folks, man. It's a theory. Some sense, but I ain't going to quote him. Yeah, it's a theory. I mean, listen, everybody gets their everybody gets their um, moment in the sun or every position, and that's just the way it is. People feel that way. It's always been that way. I don't think it has anything to do with. I think that I believe in a lot of these philosophies and beliefs to a certain extent. I don't think it ever comes down to race, though. Because it's like we're all spiritual beings and we, it all comes through our spirits. And when I look at, and that's the reason why I look at these people and I look at these people in Hampton that are doing what they're doing. And I don't care what their, I don't care what their position is or whatever they feel like they are and everything. They ain't shit to me. To me, they're basically, they're, they're vultures. The gatekeepers. They're the gatekeepers for the, they're overseers. In a lot of cases, if you're not out there trying to do things for your people and you're holding such a position, if you're holding that position, you need to do something with it. So it's not something that I'm feeling. Listen, I mean, education, it is what it is. It's not for everybody and everything, but it is for some people and some people really could use it and could rock out with it. And if you hold the keys to it, and you dangle those keys and you don't use it just because you don't like the neighborhood that this brain is coming from, there's a special place in hell for you, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, sometimes I, I wonder if any of it matters anyway, shit. I, I don't know that there's a proper doctrinate, indoctrination because it ain't moved the needle. It's either, it's either in slow motion right now. I can feel you. It doesn't exist because it has not moved the needle. You know what I'm saying? I can feel you on that. But what it always comes down to, what it always comes down to is like, what we're talking about is we're talking about the future. We're not talking about the present. And you always say, Gene, to remind you that you believe that the youth are going to come through and find a way to actually change things and make things better than they actually are. And that's not always, that's not everybody else's feeling. A lot of people feel that these generations are, that these generations are lost and never and incapable. No, no, no. I'm saying that they might be radical enough to find solutions that that are very impactful, right? But not that we'll be better off or anything like that. But I look forward to that attempt. <laughs> you know, should it happen? Yeah. But I don't know. You know what the result would be. Uh, uh, but 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 I'm just. But yeah, I do always talk about them being the ones, I guess for lack of better expressions, they could be activated to the point where they, I mean, like I said, somebody could do a hack, man, that literally takes money from one class and gives it to another, you know what I'm saying? That can happen. That's not like, oh, that's impossible. It's just very unlikely, but who knows, you know, so that's what I mean. I think it's going to be a young person to get some shit like that done, for sure. Resourceful. 
Resorts, that's the word I was going All of the banking changes, crypto coins and all that kind of stuff, I think all of that stuff is all part of the beginning of the seismic shift. You yeah. know what I mean? It has to change, you know what I mean? Like as, as people become more and more aware of the, the disparity in wealth in this country, as people, and, and I mean, everybody already knows it, but as the numbers get bigger and bigger, when the gap gets wider and wider, and, you know, if you're a millennial, you know, there, there's, you know, how millennials are, are like the brokest people, the brokest generation ever, you know what I mean, living back home with their parents, and this, that, and the third. Um, as this trickles down to the next generation, they become more and more disgruntled, there's going to have to be something. You know what I mean? There's going to have to be some sort of outcry, some sort of uh, revolt, some sort of, you know, uh, fracture in the system that allows more people to get in. You know what I mean? And not just not just get in where you fit in, but to get in and take some shit over. Well, there's going to have to be something. I have to say, I would have to say that my vision of the world is these next probably four or five years are the most critical years upcoming in this change, this ever-changing society that we're living in, because things are changing so dramatically with work and with money and with culture, culture, because people staying home and quitting their jobs is a cultural shift. That's something people deciding to stay at home and raise their own kids is a cultural shift. People actually looking at the school systems and what the schools are teaching their kids and thinking about having had the thought of homeschooling for the past two years is a cultural shift. But what's going to be followed through on and what isn't is going to determine where civilization is. The end is probably, you know, the 70s and the 70s right now is probably um, where there are always times and there are ages that are just forgotten. And I think at this point, everything up until 1990 is like basically going to be forgotten very soon. People don't want to know. It's like burying. It's like, and what do they call it in the news? Burying the lead, and the lead is Ronald Reagan in 1980. Scrubbing the data. Scrubbing, Scrubbing the, data. the data. Scrubbing the data. Burying the lead, and it all started with Ronald Reagan in 1980. And if you don't know about Ronald Reagan in 1980 and what they actually accomplished, as far as the economy and the way that the government works and the way that people work, they basically cashed in on that system. That's when the cashing in, it's sort of like, okay, we've gone as far as we can with this, so now we've got to create something new. And we're going to get our money. Let's just go ahead and extract all our profits. Right, and that's what they did, and that's what the that's what the housing market was in 2000 when they started making houses available to everybody and doing loans that they knew they were never going to pay out. And, you know, that right there that allows you to get... If you're selling mortgages on the back end, you're selling a $250,000 mortgage, you know, you're collecting like 400, 500, some cases like 700, 800 for that paper on the back end. If you bought that, that's if you're a millionaire. Most people don't even understand it. They can't follow what I'm speaking about right now, what I'm talking about right now. But what it is, is it's a pull of cash out of the... Uh, economy, the circulating economy. 
and they took that from the bank. So you take that and you put it in a bank, and when it crashes, it doesn't matter because you've already made a solid 400000 on that loan. And you've done that 100 times, 200 times, 1,000 times. So mm-hmm. now when the whole shit crashes, nobody has money except for you. You've basically terraformed the whole economic system. And now all the money belongs to you and you put it in a stock market, which doesn't circulate. And everyone else is left to fight for scraps. And that's basically... No, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a basic pyramid scheme. It was. It was. If you was underneath the top rung when that shit crashed... You probably lost everything. Yeah, it was. If you were, if you were, if you, if you bought into the idea that the way you're going to make money is by actually going out and continuing to flip homes forever and ever as a builder, and you're never going to, and you're never going to have to worry about it crashing. You know what I mean? What percentage of them do you think was letting it ride at the time it crashed? A lot of them. Letting it ride. A ton of them. A ton of them. Yo. Bigger and better. A ton of them. At that point, at that point in time, that's when I was working as a mortgage banker. And you don't know how many people called me with six, seven, ten. We had a woman that called us for a loan to my company, to my group. And this woman had 27 homes. 27 homes Somebody had convinced her that it was a good bet And she was going to win That person just kept selling her homes To the same company Getting that same like 300, 400,000 on each one Because she's got good She just allowed them To pull all that money out And when everything crashed She was left holding the bag Because you don't know the big bankers That are up above you 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 don't know the bank that's up there so they pulled all that money out of the economy, and then they said, oh, you need a stimulus, and then they took that money, too. Right. So it's like they basically siphoned all the money, and then they said, <laughs> and then they did. They siphoned all the money out, and then they said, listen, um, Trayvon Martin got shot. And they said, like, you know what? Y'all fight with each other over this for the next, like, 10, 15, 20 years. And now the whole world is in a different... No, it's that's what they did and everything. So now people like look at everything as race. Before I came on the show, I was listening on a wisdom map to this guy, and he was talking about 9-11. He was a police officer, and he's a he was a terror expert and everything. And he was discussing, he was like, you know, you have to remember what this country was like on, on 9-12. On 9-12... Nobody, there was no race, there was no color, there was no creed, there was no money, there was no, like, everybody was just like... Yeah, there was. Well, listen, there was, there always is in this country, but let's just say that if there was a day that the Klan and the Black Panthers were both working together pulling out rubble, that would have been the day that it actually happened, okay? So, and then you you move forward to now, and now motherfuckers can't stand each other. Nobody can stand anyone else. You know, we had all these all these things going on, and nobody can stand anyone else. And if you think that's just because of people and that you weren't moved into that direction, you're crazy. But 
But that doesn't give you any more license. It doesn't give you any more of a break in my mind's eye because you're still stupid enough to fall for it. If you're still stupid enough to hate people for different for those reasons, if I don't like dislike white people, it's because of the things that those particular people do to and around me. Like the guy who tried to cut me online today. But like I said, Jesus. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody thinks you don't like white people. When I talk about when I when I use the generalization of white people, I'm talking about historic, historically. I'm not talking about any individual right now. Everybody's position could be is what it is. But Gene, before you this. before you continue that thought, uh-huh. but that's how they actually think about it when you say that. They actually think that you're speaking historically. Some of them are always some of them are always going to say it like if you hate one of them in history, then you hate all of them. That's that. That's now, the actual snowflake now, shit. Now we dealing with now we do, dealing with white male fragility. Yes. 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 It is. It yes. is. They mad at the movie Turning Red. You know, you know white you know white men are mad at the movie Turning Red. Or there's there's some white men that are mad at the movie Turn to Red. You know what the movie is about? No. Mm-mm. Cartoon. It's about a girl who who reaches puberty, so she starts getting her period. So hence Turn to Red. She turns into a red panda when shit goes sideways for her. Oh I yeah, seen I've seen yet. that. I've yeah, seen that. Yeah. But that's what that is. Damn. Yeah. So that. So I, I, so I, I rather I don't want to have a conversation. Shit. There's a group of there's a group of there's there's white people out there. <laughs> There's some white men out there that are saying like, "Yo, why why would Pixar make this movie? Like, who the fuck do they think is gonna relate to this bullshit movie? Right? Mm-hmm. Because right? Because they can't relate to. It. You know what I'm so so yes, white fragility is is a thing. It's a thing, right? Right. right. Like male fragility. I think all fragility oh, yeah. just needs to all fragility just needs to go away. Like for real, it just needs to go away. It, it's impossible though, because you're there. People are now trained, going back to how we were back in the seventies and the eighties. Damn, during the course of the day, not much shit could really get you that upset that you would break down and cry. Because if you did, people would look at you like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" You know, and that was like across the board. Now, if Rob were here, you know, if Rob were here instead of getting fed by the man. I forgot to mention that he's getting fed by the man right now. What do you mean? I promised him I would say that. Oh, because what, he's having a company dinner? He's at a company dinner getting fed oh. by the man. But anyway, so... I took plenty of them meals, shit. I ain't mad at it. Free food is free food, but <laughs> listen, but for the, purpose, for the purposes of the joke, he's getting fed by the man. So, okay. so... See now, and I lost my train of thought. Lost my train of thought. What was I, I saying that, before? Man. What was I saying before? Anyway, it's just so. He gonna say if he hears it. Well, yeah. He gonna say Jesus got it. Perfect. And now the first thing he's gonna say next week is uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah man but there's there's just all this stuff going on and it's just crazy yeah, man. the world has just changed it's just changed and 
I it does I don't think it's changed for the worse. It it's just to me I'm still entertained, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. I'm still entertained. Yeah, I don't even care. Yeah. I wanted to change. I tell everybody I'll take the here and now over anything. Definitely. I don't want to go back. Definitely. That's because you're a black man, dude. You know, Chris, Rock, Chris Rock said that. Right Chris Rock said that. Right. If you're a black man, it's always the greatest time in the history. Mm. Black in America, that? it's always said, the greatest time. Who mm. said that? Chris Rock. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. If you're black in America, it's always the greatest time to be alive. Not so mad at you. Up as it is, because it was more fucked up yesterday. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, not only that, the cynical part of me. It's almost like when you want to see the abuser, you know, get hit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> see now, you know, like you looking, you looking for, but but, you, but but the reality tells you that the abuser is gonna dole out a whole lot more before they really get hit. So you just kind of, I, I just feel like I'm excited, waiting for the time where everybody says, "Oh, I'm done with this bullshit." Well, that's the reason why I couldn't watch the. That's the reason why I couldn't watch the um, hearings because I don't want to see a whole bunch of white men attacking a black woman. It just makes you mad. I'm glad Cory Booker said what he said. I'm glad Cory Booker. Silly, huh? I just wish she. You know what? I'm sitting there looking at it. and I'm thinking to myself. I know she got to play a role, but every t- which which bothers me and in in itself. But I'll be thinking, I'll be wondering, damn, why can't she just lower her eyebrows like this and just shoot some units at him or something? And then, you know, then snap him up with something. I mean, why? Okay, I get it. I mean, you got to get there, but I'm a non-believer in change through infiltration. I'm a non-believer in that because that was their plan from the beginning. They wanted to infiltrate to change. So how can that... How can you follow that pattern at all? It just doesn't make sense to me, man. Well, like, you know, the other know. option is the other option is seeding like political power and seeding an opportunity to make a difference. That's the other like side of the argument. You can say like you want it to all crumble, and eventually, if, if it does crumble, well, it'll be because. Well, well, listen, you want it to be different than what it is. You want it to function. You want it to function differently. You want it to function properly. Yeah. Okay. It's not going to function properly. It has to change. And I think that there's going to be a lot of change. I think that I'm not a proponent for status quo. I'm definitely a proponent for change. But... Well, actually, there is no but when you say you're a proponent for change. You either have to be for change or not for change. I'm saying that the... Yeah. No, I'm for change, but I'm for... But I, I'm under the understanding that it's got to be radical change in order for any... ...were radical... But our early example of something that would be really radical. Repeat that, Gene, because your your signal's going in and out. Could you repeat that again from you said that you're for radical change? Because your signal was going in and out. I know that that will not change unless it's radical change. And when I say radical change... Yeah, I'm not some type of hack, uh, strike, so to speak. 
Gene. I think the man is trying to. I think the man is trying to shut shut you down. The man is trying to shut you down. You said radical. Your shit is like. And then you. And of course you've got to. And that's how you do that. <laughs> that is exactly how that came out. And I like, listen, I have to say that was the greatest moment in the history of the podcast of Born in Trouble. I wish you people had heard what Gene said. It was so beautiful and eloquent. It was like the Forrest Gump speech. It was all good. Hey, listen. Your, your, your shit was the squiggly line on the Spice Channel, Brad. Like, yes. only, only on the best parts. The man has shut you down. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Since the, since, the, since the powers that be. Since the powers that be have said, we have had enough of you Negroes this evening. Born in trouble again. Yeah, I'd like to thank y'all for showing up once more seriously. You crack me up. This is like the most fun I have all week. Except for this morning. Jesus. So from from Detroit, owner of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard. Come down to get you some, baby. Come get you some wings, Mr. Grant Lancaster. <laughs> and from the A, Mr. Dub K himself, Mr. Gene Hopkins. <laughs> Perhaps one of the naturally hilarious, more hilarious shows. And you know, Rob is sitting there, he's gonna listen to this. He's gonna throw his hands up and say, Praise! <laughs> Praise! Yeah, you got to pray just to make it today. Just to make it today. But I, you know, it was a very good day today. And it's like, it's like been a very good week. Y'all, I'm feeling the love here on the show today. I'm feeling the laugh that thank you guys for showing up, for putting up with my, with my strange, like, you know, post this morning, you know, on the group text. Shout out to Miss Melissa Ming there. Shout out to you. And, I got uh, a headache from that. Uh, she's laughing so hard. Going <laughs> in trouble. We'll see y'all next week. I got a headache, Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. 
Okay, guys, we gotta put our trays up for takeoff. Where's Dad? Oh, he's in the back. We could only get three seats together. Daddy has my pillow. We'll get it later. Can you not put your feet up, please? Why aren't we going? <sighs> we must be in line for takeoff. Like security? Well, that was a different line. I have to go. We just sat down. But I have to go. The seatbelt sign's on. Why aren't we moving? Hey, you no picking. We're just 15 in line for takeoff. Son of a... Don't go there. Go on a real vacation. Go RVing. Learn more at GoRVing.com.